0: Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet denton and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may wanna pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. Today, Christina is joining us. Christina just completed Wanting It More. And uh, Christina, why don't you just let us know a little bit about yourself before we get
1: started. Uh, Well, I am a stay-at-home mom with three awesome kids who drive me crazy (laughs) they are they range in age um well actually I have four I have a bonus girl who is 12 and then I have an 11 year old an almost seven year old and a four year old and they're all always fighting (laughs) really but um they have their moments when they can be you know, really sweet to each other, but they're few and far between these days. Um, Beyond that, like that's, my world pretty much revolves around them. I do work from home, um, online, but, you know, just day in and day out with them, they virtual school. So I'm not getting up and able to like take them away for hours of the day. They're always at home. (laughs) So we manage that and that's, you know, I'm also a, a wife and you know that's a big piece obviously we joined your class but yeah it's just you know mom life and right now that's that's the vibe
0: yeah it's it's wild to be at the end where I'm having teenagers now and I'm like oh this this it's such a shift like every age and stage is just such a huge shift in not only our kids lives but our lives too because you know as as many of us are as women primary caregivers, it's like that, mm-hmm. that impacts yeah, us so much. How long have you been married for?
1: Actually, we are coming up on 10 years at the end of this month. And we have been together, um, we were together three years prior to getting married. So 13 all together.
0: Nice. When's your anniversary date?
1: December 28th.
0: My gosh, we're 29th. Can you believe it? <laughs> that's, that's wild. I think yeah, every yeah. year we debate, is it the 27th or the 29th? <laughs> we so frequently have had to pull out our marriage certificate for when we got married. It's ridiculous, but I don't know. After 23 years, we haven't changed that already. <laughs> so
1: one year. Yeah, yeah. and in hindsight, it it? in hindsight, it's just, I'm sorry in hindsight it's funny because it's just like why did we pick this time of year because trying to travel right now or to like get away and do anything it's like so ridiculous but you know we're just always like well we'll just wait until next month when all the holidays have passed and maybe we can get away then but I don't know (laughs) it kind of works out we didn't have kids at the time
0: exactly we didn't know what we were getting into yeah it kind of worked for us because we would go and spend time with my in-laws for Christmas and then they would take the kids and then we would go away for a couple of nights
1: so we've done that every year Mm -hmm. but um Um, well we had kids they were just super young and we weren't thinking about it back then but yeah Yeah, that's true so sex (laughs) the topic of this yeah
0: There, there's no easy way. Like some, you know, sometimes I try to be smooth about it, but um, today is not one of those days. What was your, what was your growing up years like in childhood and, and adolescence and young adulthood around the topic of sex and, and the education you received, the experiences you had?
1: Well, you know what? I, um, I don't have a lot of memory of my childhood, to be honest. I, There were some, like, some big things that happened, you know, like, you know, a house explosion and my father being hospitalized for, like, over a year, you know, that kind of stuff. And then um, I'd never really learned, and he's still alive, but I don't really know his story, but I... I think that it was, you know, not the greatest because of the way that he related to me as a kid. You know, he was not a kind man. You know, I love him, but he's just, you know, very volatile. You know, with his emotions and stuff. So that's what that was the household that I grew up in, and very religious household. Um, was raised very strictly Christian, and not just Christian, but like. all the rules, Christian. And so, you know, I got a lot of the messaging that, you know, of what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And relating that to what I learned about being a woman and eventually becoming a wife. It was just all the standard, like, you know, you just do what you, you know, be submissive. And, you know, as a woman, you're supposed to cater to your man and all of that kind of messaging. And I swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And um, when I went off, I left home at 17 to go to college. And unlike a lot of people that I knew, I didn't instantly rebel. Like it wasn't, um, I was very active in my church life. It, you know, it was all that I knew. So, you know, I was happy with it. And then when I went to college and I saw all of these different lifestyles, that were very different from my own it was interesting um the shift for me didn't happen until my parents divorced about a year and a half into my college experience and now I look back and say of course you were affected but back then I really wondered like you know I've grown why am I so affected by the fact that my parents have been married for almost 25 years and they're divorcing but it was really hard for me. And I took the mental posture that, you know, well, if they didn't stay married, what's marriage? And what am I waiting for? Because I was very much abstinent and was just like, oh, that's just what you do. You just wait. And once they, once I saw their marriage fall apart, I was like, okay, so what? <laughs> so I ended up being very um, intentional about finding a friend who I felt safe enough with and being like, hey, let's get it done, sir. <laughs> and in hindsight, this guy really I mean he was he was a he was a good guy, but you know, I was not his first pick, you know what I mean? It was just one of those things that happened and stayed in that situation for almost well over six years. And, you know, dealing with someone who doesn't really like you is traumatic to the spirit and to the heart, you know. So um, we were great friends and he was trying to reconcile the fact that we were good friends with the other piece. And eventually we just had to grow up and realize that, hey, this isn't healthy. And all of the cultural messaging made it seem like that was the thing to do. Like, oh, you, it doesn't really matter. Just get out there and have fun, just do whatever. And having no experience with the opposite sex, like in high school or whatever, I got out. When I got to college, I made a lot of decisions that were not informed as far as males were concerned because I didn't know any better. I didn't know, like so much, <laughs> and ended up in some situations where now it's just like, okay, well, yeah, that clearly wasn't smart to do, but I guess until you learn, you just don't know. Yeah, just so.
0: guidance. did you ever talk? Yeah, to any of
1: your
0: like I don't know, do you have? Yeah, stuff?
1: no, I never. I don't remember ever getting like the sex talk. I don't remember there being, it was always, you know, obviously don't do it, Yeah. but I don't, nobody ever sat me down and was like, Hey, these are, these are the pros and the cons. Here's a decision you're going to have to make. And, you know, this is how you engage with a young man who you might find interest in and how to gauge whether or not he's truly interested in you. Like I didn't have any of that. It was just don't get pregnant. You know, keep keep your legs closed. <laughs> a man mm-hmm. will say anything to get to you. You know, just that kind of stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't get any real education from anywhere. And nowhere. To and that's
0: be brief either. Like when you have had a sexual experience, nobody right like, about that.
1: Yeah, no, nothing like that. I don't remember my mom ever asking me, like, "Hey, have you?" are you sexually active or have you had that experience yet? I don't remember anyone saying anything to me. It was just after, after I wasn't living at home, I guess it was just I I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's a big cultural. Theme.
1: Yeah. So cool. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you met your husband.
1: Yes. I met him after, <laughs> after definitely getting into the world and having several experiences where I kept getting my heart banged up. And I had pretty much decided like, I'm never getting married. I'm never having kids. Like, what's the point? Like, why would I keep doing this to myself? (laughs) Why would I keep putting myself out there and, you know, getting demolished? And then I met my husband and you know, it was just one of those things where it just worked. And like, and kind of in spite of myself, in spite of himself, like, we didn't go into it looking for it. It just, it was very organic. And after a while, it just kind of made sense. And so here we are. Yeah. So many years later.
0: (laughs) All the kids later too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what,
0: how did, what was the evolution of your sexual
1: life with him I did a lot of um I don't know if a lot is fair but I did some experimenting in my early sexual life and stuff and realized that um for me it's always been about like emotions have always been a big part for me and i don't know if that's true for every woman but for me it was just like oh i really care about this person and so this is what we should do because i care about them and since you know learning from you i realized that that's a lot of messaging that we get like oh well sex equals that you care so just have the sex to show that you care you know and i carried that for a long time and uh eventually Ended up having some health issues where I was. I mean, just to be frank about it, I was bleeding for months on end. And so sex, you know, for me was not an option. And I had no point of reference that there could be connection if there was not intercourse happening. So I would just go for months on end without feeling any kind of like, you know, emotional connection with the person because I associated it so dramatically with sex and with intercourse, I should say. And so um, even in my marriage, we had to deal with that. And then I finally had a surgery, you know, a hysterectomy where, you know, they took out the issue and i was like, okay, now I'll be free. Now I'll just want it all the time and we can just do it. (laughs) And no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen either. And then I felt bad because I have like no physical reason to say no. But I was always like, "Eh, nah. And then I did that thing where, you know, you kind of, you hype yourself up in your mind. And just like, okay, we're going to do it this is my husband I love this man this is not this is not a bad thing we're gonna do it and then we would Then I feel like this huge sense of relief because okay now that's off like and that's off the table we don't have to worry about it for a while and then the clock kind of sets and then it starts ticking away and after a week you're just like oh okay well no we, it was just last week it's fine <laughs> And two and three weeks later and then you start to feel like that stress and anxiety around it's t- like I can't just keep leaving him without this because men need it and it's not fair to him to be married to a woman who's not giving it to him when he needs it like that's just how selfish am I so there was all of that going on for me and he's a very understanding very low-key chill kind of guy and we had had a few conversations around it but I think and I don't want to speak for him but I think in his mind he had just resolved himself to the fact that this was just going to be the way that it was and I didn't have fear around him like you know cheating or whatever We had dealt with infidelity in the past, and that was just something that, you know, we have not dealt with in our marriage, and that he had promised that that would never happen again, and I trusted him on that. So I never was like, oh, well, if I don't, he'll find somebody else. I just felt bad that I didn't want to. And it's so weird to say that, like, I know that I love him. Like, am I not... (laughs) Like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I want my husband? Everybody says that if you're married and you're happy, you should want to have sex. And so when I saw your ad pop up on Facebook, I think it was, and you were just like, hey, I loved my husband and I still didn't want to. Hey, you should come in, you know, come to this chat and let's talk about it. And I joined that call and the rest is history. (laughs)
0: So looking back now, because you just summarized this beautifully and it's so relatable, that connection between love and sex. If I love him, I want to have sex with him. What would you say now, knowing what you know about that?
1: Now, I realize that, and I mean, I I don't know why it never clicked for me before you, but I think what I really just wanted was to feel like a sense of connection with him, even if it wasn't him literally inside of my body. I just wanted to like be close to him and to have cuddles and kisses and, you know, those kinds of things. If I had thought back then that we could have had experiences like that, without the expectation of it going somewhere, I would have been way more on board. But in my brain, if you start kissing a man, you know, if you start touching on a man, then you better not start because you know you need to finish it. Like, that was just the messaging that I got. So in my brain I think it was just like well I'll just keep my distance because I don't want to confuse the situation or I don't want to send mixed signals or I don't want him to think that I'm being whatever that word is for being close (laughs) and then (laughs) and then you know not going through with everything and so I think as a matter of safety like my brain was just like hey we're just not going to do this anymore until we figure this out. And, And I never would have thought that I'd find a program where someone had been doing the hard work for years to figure out how to teach me how to do the work so that I could show up for my marriage. And not in a way where I felt pressured and there was all of this expectation hanging in the air and the clock ticking, you know, when are you going to do it again? And why aren't you doing it as much as everybody else? Because everybody must be doing it. Like there's sex everywhere, sex sells and sex, sex, sex. Like, you know, we are, we are looking back. Like we are in a position now in our marriage where we just work on being connected as people and the rest of it takes care of itself. And that works for me.
0: You've shared quite a bit about your journey with talking to your kids about all of this. And I've just been struck Mm -hmm. by how open and honest and truthful you've been with them. It's been really inspiring. Could you share a little bit about what
1: you've learned along that? Yeah, I think it was kind of a knee-jerk reaction to um, just realizing. And even before WIM, I realized that I hadn't gotten much in the way of like information An education around sex. And I was just like, you know, I don't want my kids. And also because i would had negative experiences and what I in respect to what. I feel was just bad decisions on my part. And I always said, I don't want my kids to go out there and make bad decisions because they don't know. If I give you the information and you choose to do whatever, then that's different. But to just go out there and not know, I felt like I would be doing a disservice to them as their mom if I didn't share with them what I'm learning. And so it's most prevalent for my 11-year-old, you know, he's in that preteen stage where he's got all of the questions. And I have always told him like, Listen, if you're curious, come and ask me. We're not gonna do this whole oh it's weird, mom it's gross, I don't want to talk. No, we're not gonna do that. If you want to know, then you come and ask me. There's n- you. There's nothing that you can ask me that would ever make me feel any kind of way about you or the question. Like that's we're just not gonna have that kind of environment in our home. The same thing with my six year old she has had some medical issues in regard to her private area. And so I have been very intentional about making sure that I've done my due diligence to make sure she wasn't being harmed in any kind of way that I wasn't unaware of, but also, you know, getting her a mirror, look at your body. Where does it hurt? Can you tell your doctor where it hurts? These are the words for these body parts, you know, and just making sure that and she has the language for it. And she's light years ahead of where I was when I was in my twitter. <laughs> Even my, like, my mother's like, your daughter asked me about um her clitoris. Yeah. I said, what did she ask you? She asked me, did boys have one or something like that. And she said, I don't think I knew that word until I was a grown-up. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I have told her everything and I don't want anyone to ever come to her and give her information that she didn't first get at home as far as this topic is concerned. We're already at a disadvantage from a teaching perspective because we can only use words. It's not appropriate to show this kind of thing to your children. And there's no reason why we should want to. Like, I get that. But it is the one thing that we try to teach them and everything else we say, hey, this is what you do and here's how you do it. But with our kids, we can't do that. So if the least that I can do is give them the education and I've done the same thing with my son. He's seen pictures and he'll ask questions and a lot of the stuff with him is like culturally. So I've gotten a lot of questions around gender, gender, and sexuality and the spectrum of all the different options that are out there. And what I don't know, we'll Google and look at together. And I'm like, hey, these are the options. Not to say that this is right or this is wrong. When you are an adult, you will have to make those decisions for yourself. But I wanna make sure that you're aware. And if you meet people who think or feel differently than you, then you need to be kind and respectful and understand that different lifestyles and different perspectives are a part of what makes the world, the world. And it's great to be in community with all of these different kinds of people. And he's just like, oh, okay, that's great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I just, I'm feeling a little choked up thinking about the change that you have made in one
1: generation. That is just phenomenal. Yeah, and it was so it was so funny, too, because when we started the whole weekly, like on the calendar, we're going to meet and show up for our marriage. I sat them down and I talked to them and I said, hey, mom and dad haven't done this in the past, but we are we love each other and we want to make sure that we are taking time for ourselves and our marriage. So every week we're gonna have a time when our door is closed. And I want you to know that if you need anything, feel free to knock on the door. It'll be locked, but feel free to knock on the door. And my 11 year old, what are you gonna be doing? I was like, well, listen, it could be any number of things. I could be dancing to a slow song with that. I could be watching TV with him. We could be having a conversation. We could also be engaged in intercourse. It's not like I made I didn't make it a big deal. You know what I mean? It's just this is what married people who love each other and are doing that in a healthy way, this is these are the options that are available to us. And what I really stressed with him that stressed with him was that whatever we do, it's going to be mutual between the both of us dad isn't going to expect something that I don't want and I'm not going to expect anything that dad doesn't want and just like packaging and packaging it that way for them and so now every week they're just like oh are, are you going to have your connection time yes we are and you know sometimes they'll knock on the door and there's no more of that scurrying and the the rush to like try to cover up and hide or whatever you know like that whole thing like we don't do that it's just we'll talk through the door do you really need me or or not more often than not it's no and if you do okay i'll be there in a second you know but they have really gotten on board with understanding that um you know this is our time we take an hour every week and for this hour if you don't really need us then just just let us be and they have they get it and it comes up in conversation and it's not weird or gross or anything it's just a part of our culture our household culture now and I hope when they are adults and venturing into the relationships that they end up in that they at least know enough to say hey I want to take time to make sure that I'm connected with my partner." And to do things that make both of us happy. That's all that I can hope for.
0: Gosh, imagine, imagine what how the world could change with with, with children who are equipped with that knowledge. Knowledge about your body, just like your teeth. You go to the dentist, you you know yep. what black is, you know how to brush your teeth, you need a floss, you understand that. We could have the same education for our genitals, just another piece of our body. And then if we could have that healthy understanding around sexuality and connection, I mean there would be no. Yeah. And that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I I really do hope that they my hope for my husband and I is that we continue this long term and that we can continue to be the model for them that they learn from. And, you know, that when they're older, that they really do, like, it just feels normal to them. And I've even told, like, my, even my four-year-old, like, he'll be like, mommy, this is my penis. I'm like, yes, it is. And he's like, can I touch it? I'm like, well, do you feel weird when you touch your leg? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, touch your cheek. Does that feel weird? Is that, is that weird? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, your penis is just another part of your body. It's one of your private parks. So we don't go and stand up in front of synagogue and touch your penis. Like that's inappropriate. But you know, it's yours. When you're in your private areas in private space, if you want to touch your body, that's fine. But we don't do that around other other people because it's not bad, it's inappropriate. And so now he'll be like, Well, mommy, I don't want to be inappropriate. <laughs> oh,
0: I love it. And even just this, um, you know, because a lot of people will say, I don't feel comfortable having a sexual experience when my kids are in the house. What, you know, what are they going to think? What are they going to do? What would you say to someone in that situation?
1: You know what? I think, I think it's healthy. I mean, granted, I am not a, you know, I think so much of culture tells us that the sexual experience has to be hanging from the chandeliers and making all of this noise and hearing all of this banging around going on. (laughs) And, you know, more power to the people who engage that way. My experience (laughs) is not always that, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's really relaxing and nourishing and gentle and um it's like it feels like coming home you know it's not all of the performance and fanfare that we get in media so the concerns about my kids hearing us is not really there because there isn't you know there isn't that there isn't that for them to hear but If there is one day, like, let's just say that, you know, things trend that way for whatever reason, right? I don't think there's anything traumatizing, especially when they have the information and they know, and I've, you know, we've had conversations if they know, well, this is the time that mom and dad have set aside to, they must, they must be having intercourse. Mom talked to us about that. Mm -hmm. Why does that have to be weird? I mean, I know it is for a lot of people, but why does it have to be? (laughs) I mean,
0: it's counterculture. It's just counterculture, that's all, because everything is steeped in shame. Right. That's secretive. We shouldn't be doing that. Don't do that. But when you get married, you're supposed to do it. But don't let your kids hear you or don't talk to anybody about it. It's just a messed up world that no one benefits from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I used to have a lot of that as far as like, oh, what have they walked in on us? But, you know, I've heard of people who have had kids walk in. You just deal with it. I mean, if you forgot to lock the door, then you remember, let's lock the door next time. But, you know, should we like Motivation. shame ourselves and shame our kids and make a big deal? Like, I think we do more harm trying to explain it away Or saying like, oh, well, you should never do that. Well, no, this is what two adults, children don't do this. Just like they don't drink alcohol and they don't smoke cigarettes or, you know, any of the other things that adults do. This is something that adults do that is for two people who, in me and daddy's relationship, love each other. There are people out there, and I've had this conversation with my 11-year-old because he was like, well, do you have to love somebody to have sex? I was like, have to? Absolutely not. You can do it without love, but you have to remember, it's going to feel differently than if you love a person. And those are decisions that you'll have to make. Do you want to just do something and use a person for their body? Would you like somebody doing that to you? Because it made them feel good? Or is the goal to be connected with the person and if things go that way then great and if not then great and so we've been doing a lot of talk around like consent and how you know you can't just walk up and touch a person because you feel like it and culture will say you absolutely can why not especially in marriage because that woman belongs to you well no that's that's not what we're teaching our son. (laughs) Our son understands that a woman owns her body just like a man owns his. And that, you know, in order to have mutual consent, then both people have to be fully on board. And I told him, you know, when you get to be older and you're out there and doing all of the things that young people do you never want to be in a situation where you're wondering is she okay you should absolutely know that she's okay and if you don't that's your cue to stop she should be telling you oh no this is great (laughs)
0: yes
1: absolutely let's keep going But if you feel like, if you get that feeling in your stomach, and I've been talking to them a lot since learning from you about, like, intuition and listening to your body and learning when, how your body talks to you, right? And if you get a feeling that says something about this doesn't feel right, even if you can't place why, then you need to step back and assess what's going on Mm -hmm. and just make sure that you understand, right? And so a lot of the conversations, like I said, he's 11. So a lot of it is probably over his head. But I think a lot of it he's getting because he'll even say to me, like, well, mom, you said that it's not cool if that's not something you really want to do. So then you shouldn't have to do it. I like, you're absolutely right. You know? Now, it's different when he's, you know, saying stuff like that to get out of chores. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really want to do it. Okay, but they're chores, sir. We're not infringing upon your personal and mental and spiritual autonomy here. But, you know, he's he's getting it. And I don't know. I think it's super cool.
0: Super cool. What a great <laughs> page to eleven they're just like sponges they're open they're curious the 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 guy culture hasn't grasped a hold of them too tightly yet
1: right and you know my kids and I'm not prescribing this for anyone else but my kids read a lot and they don't watch a lot of tv so they don't have a lot of the messaging that comes yet you know eventually they will But a lot of the messaging that he gets, you know, from being online and stuff isn't as pervasive as it would be if he was watching a ton of TV or if we just let him run rampant online and, you know, with unrestricted access to, you know, media and stuff. They don't have that in our home. So we're able to a certain degree to kind of keep tabs on what he's exposed to. And again, the things that he's not, I'm like, if anything seems strange to you or you have questions or whatever, please feel free to come and ask me. You know, so that's how we're trying to broach that. And no idea how, it's, <laughs> how deep it's going to get when he gets into like the teen, teen years and really starts to get out there and experiment. But I hope that the the lessons that we're teaching him now seeds that we're planting I hope they produce some good fruit for him no doubt
0: no doubt for him and
1: And for them yeah for them all yeah
0: have you thought about how you'll talk about porn with him
1: you know what we have had that conversation um a friend of his was making moaning sounds all the time Seem to be a popular trend a little bit. Yeah. And not just, you know, these were, <laughs> I didn't, I don't, I don't like any kind of, I don't know what the word for it is, but I don't like when people try to like sexualize children and things that children do. So it bothers me. Like if somebody sees my four year old, like, oh, he's going to be a heartbreaker. He's a flirt. I'm like, no, he's four. Don't do that to him. (laughs) Oh, he's got a little girlfriend. No, he's four. Don't do that to him. (laughs) You know, so when I started hearing this sound come out of my child, I immediately started asking questions. Where did you hear that? Who, like, what, (laughs) where'd that come from? He's like, oh, well, so-and-so did it. I'm like, why? Why? What was like, what was happening? Oh, he just did it. I'm like, okay, well, here's a conversation we need to have. What it sounds like to me is that your friend has been exposed to some inappropriate material for children, because that is a sound that you will hear if you're watching inappropriate material for children. And I don't want to continue to hear it. And he's just like, oh, okay. And I'm like, why did you think it was funny? Well, because everybody else laughed at it. So I thought it was funny. I said, okay, well, there is, just like we can watch movies on TV, there are movies that show men and women and a whole bunch of other things that, you know, but we're for the sake of our conversation to show men and women engaged in intercourse. And it's not good for the brain at any age, definitely not for children, not only because you get your friends walking around in classrooms making moaning noises for no reason, but because it'll it'll rewire the way that you think about women and the way that you think about intercourse and all of these kinds of things. So under no circumstances is, is it okay. If your friends start showing you things or pictures or whatever, I need you to let me know so that we can address it because it's not safe. It's not safe for your mind. It's not safe for your body. It's not safe. And he was just like, okay, well, you know, And he apologized mom. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> when he started doing it, the other two started doing it. So then I just had a <laughs> house full of oh, moaning children <laughs> who were just like, making these these noises just because for no reason and so we've moved past that for the most part but yeah it was a tough couple of weeks
0: oh I this is relatable I don't know what was happening maybe on social media or something but the girls started to do it too I'm like you're teenagers. Like, you know what this is. Like, cut it out. This is so uncomfortable. I'm not enjoying this.
1: Right. And I didn't want to think like, and they didn't know where it was from or why They didn't know. It was just an, an interesting sound to them, I guess. Or it was something they thought was funny because Big Brother did it. Yeah. And so we want to be like brother. And so we'll all just do it together and laugh. Ha ha ha. But every time I'm hearing it, I'm like, what? What's time. going
0: on yeah yeah well geez we live in a really sexualized world that's what's going on yeah everywhere and what a what a blessing that you have this opportunity to to be with them and to be their first sexual educator which is yeah. rare very very rare so I thought maybe we could end um or wrap up here with a an acronym that you actually created. You you became a bit of uh like our rounds poet, I would say. <laughs> you became known for your writing in our group and we would all like get really excited when you would start you would write something and it was it was always quite profound. Um and it became popular, your acronym. So I thought, I was wondering if you could share it with the, the podcast.
1: Sure. So we had had some conversations around as women, not wanting to be picky. And, you know, if I tell him, if we start this, and I said that I liked it, and now I don't like it so much anymore. Even though it's like 30 seconds later, well, I don't want to be picky and make him stop because I already gave him the go-ahead. Or, you know, if I say that I don't like that thing that he did, I don't want to be picky. At least he's trying to make me happy. At least he's trying. Mm-hmm. And so we, I really, and just on the tail of, you know, seeing the things that you were teaching and stuff, I really started to like think about what's wrong with being picky? and so then i started looking at the letters and i came up with being picky is to p prioritize your pleasure i intentionally explore what feels good c communicate what you enjoy k know that you can adjust as needed and y your feelings and desires matter so by all means in every experience, we should absolutely be picky. And because we're with people who love us, they won't have a problem with it. And it took me to learn from you to say, Hey, he wants me to be safe and comfortable just as much as I do. <laughs> like, he doesn't and and having put this into action. And just letting him know, even when it's like, don't say anything, it's fine. Like you can, you can deal with that touch, even though you don't really like it, even though it's not a hundred percent yet, it's okay. But now saying, you know what, let's just, let's just not, that's not working for me anymore. I know it just was, it felt great at first, but let's just, let's do something different. Can we reset and just taking a minute? And him not being in his feelings about it, me not feeling guilty about it. It's just as simple as, that's just something, it's just the fact, right? It's just something I don't like right now. I could like it tomorrow. This isn't like a treatise on how you are not capable as a man of like making me, this has nothing to do with you. It really is my body and how it's feeling right now. And I loved the massage yesterday, but today- Let's not do that. And if that's me being picky, then yeah, let's be picky.
0: Let's be picky. Christina, let's do it. absolute joy to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks now and it did not disappoint. This was so <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, this, this is going to be one I'll, I'll definitely be referring folks to. Thank you so much. Was there anything else that you wanted to get to that we didn't uh, cover already?
1: No, I just, I just want to thank you, Jana. Um, It's so, it's so like surreal to like be in this moment. Cause I had heard other people on the podcast and it's just like, you know, she paying those people, like they can all be having these great experiences. <laughs> but yeah, I am a living testament to the fact that, you know, it works that, you know, you didn't come, you didn't like pull fire out of the sky but in a way you did because you helped to shine light on things for me that even though they were in a lot of ways really just common sense kinds of concepts i had not looked at the world through the lens that you had that you gave me i just it hadn't even dawned on me that i could see the world that way and so for you to give your expertise and your knowledge and to to show that and teach that to me and my husband and for us to completely do this 180 where prior to, I was like, eh, maybe every few weeks, maybe. To now every week feeling like, absolutely, I want to show up and I might have a headache and I might be bloated. <laughs> And I might be mad because you ticked me off, but I wanna show up. You taught me that, Jenna. And I just I wanna I wanna say thank you for teaching me what wanting it more really means and what connection really means because it's it's changed our lives. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to
0: all of you who are listening right now, who made it right to the end. Um, You're part of this as well. We're all in this together, just little by little, day by day. I'll talk to you in the next one. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple Podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face, has a little button that says latest episodes if you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews there's a little purple writing thing (laughs) that says write a review if you click on that it will ask you to give it a five stars actually you can put any stars but five is what I would love and put a title and then write your review thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and I really am so grateful. If you are curious about Wanting It More and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to wanting slash wantingitmore to sign up for the wait list, to learn more to see when we're running our next round all right that's it i'll see you
1: next one